Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Music and Film with Luana. How's Hello, it, welcome. How's it going? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. So, last week we talked about sync licensing. Yes. Can you give the people a bit of an overview of what sync licensing is? Yes. So, I'm signed with Sodavox Music. Yes. One of my songs is signed with it. And I'm a member of ASCAP. Okay. And so, if, for example, um, in another music producer or director wants to use my my song and Sodavox Music take care of that. Um, I'm getting paid once the song is okay. uh, in the project, part of the project. That's why I signed an agreement with Sodavox Music Yeah. and I'm exclusively signed with them so only Sodavox Music can use the song. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then ASCAP collects all the royalties. What's the benefit of signing exclusively with a? And what would you call sort of box? Like, what would you call their role? Sodavox Music is a music library. It's basically okay. um, like a music catalog of gotcha. each artist. Gotcha. Yeah. And just a few artists are signed with uh, this company, and so, and it's. Um, yeah, you can uh, you can uh, register and then you can see all the artists. You can read uh, yeah. biographies and listen to the musics that are signed with okay. Sodabox. Sodabox. And I mean, last week we discussed it, but why Sodabox over a company like Taxi or uh, that's pretty much the only one I, I know. So mm-hmm. why Sodabox? Sodabox. Um, is really good for independent artists gotcha. and they're okay. based in Italy and New York okay so that's a benefit if yeah. you want to ex- uh, have exposure in Europe as well gotcha and um, you sent me this article about composers and Disney um, Discovery Networks. Yes. You will, what is that about? Okay, so when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, no, it's bad if it would happen, yeah. uh, if it's happening. So there, um, it's about cutting all royalties off. So uh, composers that have residual income from TV shows from gotcha. back like 10 years or something yeah. so they want to retire with this residual income which makes Absolutely. sense or yeah, they want to sense. support uh, other music projects because it's expensive I mean yeah. buying music equipment and stuff like this Absolutely. and uh, so um, on TV networks uh, they want to convince um Composers to get rid of residual income and uh, to agree with a buyout. Huh. Yeah. Why? Why do you think they're doing that? Did it say in the article? Like why they're it's doing it? It's it's in the article. So um, because I think it's about cost. Yes. And that's what I heard. Uh, I worked for uh, the Fortnite uh, World Cup in Queens last year. Okay. And uh, it's for video games. And uh, usually, um, vi- like uh, NGE they hire musicians to write music for video games but now wait, wait sorry but what is NGE? it's um, next generation uh, they have this huge event Fortnite World Cup so international game players fly into New York and they compete against each other gotcha okay and they have like prices and yeah and so uh, what I heard 
about an IT guy. Yeah. Um, he said they don't want to hire musicians anymore. They just have a library with uh, samples with beats, and then they mix it together. So uh, it's royalty free. Huh. Yeah. So the well, like you said, the reason why they're doing it is cut costs. Mm -hmm. But it, how can these composers fight back? Like. All right, say, for example, you're a composer mm -hmm. on one of these um, shows yeah. on Discovery Networks. What would you do to avoid this being t from happening? Yeah, so all composers, they come together and they, they signing a petition. Okay. Um, so I hope uh, it won't happen. <laughs> do you think it will work? Do you think the petition will work? I think it will work because... Um, because there are so many talented musicians out there and you can never replace a musician with uh, like music from a computer. Like you can never. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can never replace a whole orchestra with a fake orchestra. I mean, you can make it sound like it would be a real orchestra, but it's never the same quality. But what if that's enough for them? Because I right, keep in mind their main goal is to cut costs. Mm -hmm. I don't think they really care if it's perfect or anything. I mean, so... Yeah, it, it, they're not going for perfection. They're mm. going for as close as the real thing as possible. Yeah. If they actually chose to go down that path. So, wouldn't that just... Don't you think they have the most leverage? Well... <laughs> I mean, I get you're a musician, yeah. so you're looking yeah, at it from the perspective of yes. a musician, but say, for example, you were one of these network executives and mm -hmm. it was your job to cut costs and you're like, huh, if I can just get rid of all these composers and just go with royalty-free music, why not? Mm -hmm. Like, do you see, like, why they would do it? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, for, ex for example... Uh, Dolly Parton, she makes a lot of money just from the famous song I Will Always Love You. Okay. And uh, that's why she became so rich because of residual income. From that one song? Yeah, not just this song, but, but that really, still, yeah. so many songs and then um, yeah, then they made a f motion picture film about with the song Bodyguard and Whitney Houston is yeah. performing it and she makes a lot of money from this song. And yeah, so that makes sense. So if they would cut all the royalties, then yeah. But what happens with all the musicians? How do they make a living? Yeah, but that's just yeah. for like composers. Yeah. Like, say for example, you um, you have a song and it's with Sodabox. Mm -hmm. They handle your catalog. If Discovery Networks wanted to use your song, they would still have to pay you, right? Yes. Okay. But so now... And then you also mentioned something about they're going back and taking out the songs from their previous shows and replacing it. Can you explain that a bit? Yeah, for example, uh, if my song or my composition would be in the TV show Friends okay. in episode whatever, which was 10 years ago, so I would make residual income yeah. till now. And if they would replace my song or composition with uh, like a music library... Uh, track yes so I they would cut my residual income hmm. yeah can they do that though don't the composers have like a guild or a union or something to protect them from that happening 
Um, I only know about, uh, I mean, as I said, ASCAP. Okay. And uh, you can have a music lawyer. It's good to have one once you're established and yeah. you make a good living uh, as a songwriter, composer. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a lot. Does ASCAP provide any of those services to protect writers and like producers or no? Do they? Um, they have, uh, if you sign up with ASCAP, you get a lot of newsletter emails and they talk yeah. a lot about uh, music licensing and the, the agreements and okay. they have connections gotcha. to music lawyers and yeah. Huh. So they could help you definitely with this. I mean, I guess composers have like a union or a guild, but I just don't know. Hmm. Yeah, there's a union called my friend. She's in the union AFM. Okay. American Federation of Musicians. Okay. And she writes music for film and TV. And oh, okay. she's a member of this union. So I guess there is then. Yeah. Okay. But I, I don't know how much they help in this situation. Uh, if yeah. this new rule, if yeah, if it happens. So just so that people know, it's not currently in effect, right? Not yet. Okay, no. it's just right now. It's like a proposal. Yes. Okay. And I mean, if it actually does go into effect, I don't see what's to stop other networks from like adapting this policy. Mm. So yeah. But still, again, if you're a writer and you have like a produced track, if mm -hmm. they want your music, they still would have to pay you. Yes. But if they already have your music, they could just remove it. They can remove it and replace it with another track. Royalty free. Because, I mean, the show was already aired. And if they want to, sometimes you can like on Christmas, you can see uh sissy sissy, <laughs> sissy. <laughs> if they would just uh remove the, the original music and yeah. replace it with yeah whatever yeah yeah but ah now this gets interesting i'm guessing cc is like something popular yeah uh, okay but now Say, for example, you w watch that movie and you're used to hearing that song. Mm -hmm. If they replace that song, you're not going to like that movie anymore. Yeah, it's because uh, it's so... Music is like um, another character in the Abs film. Yeah, yeah. And I did a workshop about uh, writing music for film when I was studying back in Germany. Yeah. And we watched the same movie, silent movie. Uh, with different music and it was so it was like watching a totally different movie even oh. the, the picture is the same same right but it was emotionally and how you capture the movie was totally different yeah hmm. yeah I mean we did discuss this in a previous episode about like music um, becoming like its own character right yeah. so yeah so I mean discovery I mean, taking out the composer's like original work, that could, in a in effect, affect the storyline. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And also um, the audience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I hope it doesn't 
get approved or mm-hmm. i hope if it gets approved they face so much backlash that they go back to actually just leaving the composer's tracks because like yeah. you said a lot of these people rely on this income yeah because they want to retire with this income exactly and just i mean it's already music business is so stressful and sometimes you don't have enough work for a month or you just work on this particular project yeah. on a budget you always work on a budget so yeah. if a producer or director reaches out to you and says can you write me the score for my feature film the budget is like 2000 or sometimes you have a higher budget sometimes a lower budget yeah. but you have to really be focused because you have deadlines Mm-hmm. And yeah, and sometimes if you have residual income, it's nice. You can relax. You can really exactly. focus on your work. Yeah. If yeah. you don't have residual income, it's hard. Oh, I gotta ask. All right, yeah. so say for example, you write the film score for um, a film, short film. Mm-hmm. Who owns the right to the music? Okay, that's uh, so. It always it's an agreement. Okay. How much percent? So. Uh, agreement between composer and yeah. producer and you've written songs for like films before right uh, I, uh, yes I wrote a song for the short film and I acted in this short okay. film and did you register the song with ASCAP no I didn't do that yet why not <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but why not with, you have an agreement with the production company right I don't have an agreement that was uh, more like a short film challenge oh okay so, okay okay, uh, okay and it was only uh, screened once at the cinema festival in New York City in Queens so it's not available online now? It's not available, no. Okay. It's just a private screening. And But the producer, she uh, is working now with another editor. And she's planning to distribute it to different uh, film festivals. Oh. Yeah, so then I w- would obviously register my music with yeah. ASCAP. And then how would the royalties be, t- be determined then? Okay, that's also a good question. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, all right, so you, I'm guessing like we talked about the last episode, you mm-hmm. would contact ASCAP and said, oh, I wrote something and it's in this movie and it was screened here mm-hmm. and this is the, the audience, the population of the audience. Yeah. But how would they determine your royalty? Yeah. Mm. That's, that's, that's like very like confusing to me like how they determine royalty for like live performances mm. and like screenings and showings and stuff yeah I would say like how much uh, about ticket sales so yes. how many people were there and where was it screened how big is the venue and from that yeah. age count how yeah. much you get yeah, I think that's like a, yes. a reasonable way of doing it mm-hmm. but alright say for example they paid um, 20, 30 bucks Mm -hmm. and it's like 200 people came to that festival Mm -hmm. but they didn't just go to that festival to see your film Mm -hmm. so how would you determine what percentage should go to you and Mm. yeah I just find it to be a bit tricky yeah it's tricky Yeah. yeah but yeah I hope it doesn't go through for those composed I mean I hope the discovery um plan doesn't go through mm-hmm. yeah what was your reaction upon initially reading that uh, I was like is that a joke <laughs> I was like what <laughs> wow and the f- interesting thing is they don't do it with actors 
So as an actor, you also have residual income. Oh, absolutely, yes. yes that's why you should be Zach, uh, a Zach member. Yeah. But even all right, with yeah. actors, um, what you're starting to do now is mm. something similar. It's called a buyout. For example, actors and producers who used to work on fil um, films and TV shows, mm -hmm. yeah, they would get what is called back-end pay. Yeah. But now you have a sh uh, network like Netflix. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't really have back-end pay. You don't have syndication money. So what happens is they give you a large um, sum up front mm -hmm. and you don't really get money on the back-end. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's what they're going to start doing with composers if they choose even to go with composers it's harder to replace an actor mm -hmm. especially a big name actor it's much easier to replace to a composer replace music yeah. yeah exactly yeah yeah unless you're like Hans Zimmer or something then mm. that's your brand yeah but if you're just like any other composer they can just you know yeah replace your music right but yeah in terms of royalty free how exactly does that work like how does a, one's music become royalty free um it's always up to the composers where sometimes uh you can if you have a music if if you want to produce your own content on youtube yeah. and uh sometimes if you cover a song by a famous artist and they just mute yeah the clip. well they don't usually mute it anymore they just say all the revenue comes to me mm -hmm. yeah that's like the new thing yeah and you can replace the music with uh, royalty free music gotcha. on YouTube yeah so uh, for, for example a composer offers his library his uh, catalog or yeah. part of the catalog to YouTube and uh, then YouTube pays upfront I don't know what a month of money but It's always between the composer gotcha. and YouTube. And then creators can use the music for royalty-free. Oh. Yeah. oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's royalty-free to the user, but YouTube still has to pay the artists. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. I guess that works out <laughs> for their user. Yeah. Have you? Would you ever... Well, have you ever tried to make a deal directly with YouTube to do something like that? Um, no, not yet. Oh, so you just go with Sodabox? Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. But that's possible, right? As an independent artist, is it possible or do you have to go through like an intermediary? Uh, I mean, um, because of CD Baby, my music is on YouTube as well. Yeah. And they handle everything like... Like uh, licensing, licensing, monitor, yeah. monitorizing. But um, what you, the example you gave me with the artist, like it's more direct. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. For example, yeah. If you you're a composer and you offer YouTube, he, he is my music, yes. and I agree that this music is royalty free. Then this is a direct contract. Agreement. Exactly. Yeah. But YouTube still pays the artist, and in 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 turn uses the artist's music on their platform mm -hmm. so they they give their users access to artist music but mm -hmm. the artist still gets paid for that music right yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah so um back to um composing music for film you've never actually like draft a contract where you own a certain percentage of the right never no okay no. but how would you go about doing it though how would you uh, I mean it depends on the project that was yeah. more like a film channel so we had to shoot a short film within three days okay. and uh, I wrote the music 
on one day. Oh. <laughs> so it's uh, also um, because it takes time to write a score, to master it and stuff like this. Yeah. And uh, it's not like 100% perfect mm -hmm. to, for distribution and uh, because the time was so short. Exactly. Makes sense. And uh, yeah, I mean, if uh, somebody asks me, can you write a song for my feature film? Then, of course, I would sign an agreement and yeah. discuss so how much percentage do I have? How much owner rights do yeah. I have for the song? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's completely different. And, yeah. And all right, so writing a song, just one song, but doing an entire soundtrack, how would that work? Yeah, that, uh, so you would discuss this with the producer. Um, for example, if you write, um, the feature film is about one hour and you write 50 minutes. Yes. And uh, then uh, you can, so how it works is uh, they have a budget for music mm -hmm. and then you either agree or you disagree or sometimes you say okay I charge for 50 minutes music score I charge this a month like you can charge 10,000 for example yeah. yeah for 50 minutes yeah okay mm -hmm. and all right do you come to an agreement before knowing about the project after or during or how does that work so, so say for example I'm a producer it's like mm -hmm. hey I'm looking for um, a composer for my feature film it's a mm -hmm. horror film what's the next step oh let me see the script or if it's already been shot here's like a preview like how, how do you how does it um, so, um, yeah, first of all, it's like, uh, like any job, uh, we have a, an interview, uh, a meeting, mm -hmm. and then uh, you would discuss uh, the script, and then the composer would make some uh, suggestions and ideas, and then uh, if uh, everybody agrees, then it would come to an agreement, and okay. they would say, okay, this is the budget we have for music. Oh, so, yeah, so so the script first, then. Mm -hmm. But what if the film has already been shot? Okay, then it's, uh, yeah, then they say, okay, we this is the footage we have. Uh, can you write a score? And um, then uh, say, say you're like Hans Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, okay, I can do it, but I charge this amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have like a company or is it just like him? I think he has a manager and agent and oh. they handle all those agreements. No, I mean like his own personal oh. company. Like how you have um, like George Lucas, he has like Skywalker Sound and mm -hmm. I was just Like his own label? Yes. Yes. He usually, does. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing he has artists under that label, like other composers. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Would you ever want to be like signed like his label? Well, why not? It's good. <laughs> it's a good connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's this other perfect, um, he, he used to, well, he probably still does, but he's like, um, like a hip-hop producer, Ludwig, he works with... You ever heard of Childish Gambino? Yes, I heard of it. So that guy um, worked with Childish Gambino on a couple of songs, and then he ended up doing, like, the soundtrack for Black Panther. Uh -huh. So it's just, like, how 
how interesting it is to transition from like hip hop to like Black Panther to now be nominated for Oscars <laughs> in terms of composing. Yeah. So the question is like, what's your path to getting to where you want to go? Like, what's your goal as like composing music? Uh, my goal is um, so I'm. Um, as a composer slash songwriter. Yes. So, um, yeah, I want to collaborate with as many artists as possible and uh, also record in all those major yeah. studios yeah. and bringing together musicians. And, yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. And also, um, as a singer, from a singer perspective, um you uh, have to have connections with um, a vocal contractor. Okay. For example, I worked uh, together with Tim Davis. Uh, he's really famous. Uh, Give us some of his credits. Yeah, so uh, he did um, Glee. Okay. So he, he um, uh, produced the records, um, the, the vocals of each artist. So he's a vocal he coach. Vocal coach, vocal gotcha. contractor, which means um, yeah, what is that? Okay, he contracts studio singers, and uh, so that's basically um, as a studio singer, you sing in a choir. Um, for example, Lord of the Rings, you can hear a choir in the soundtrack. Gotcha. That's the way how you get into the studio by a vocal. Through uh, a contractor, and he does um, uh, workshops for singers. Yeah. Um, like a studio intensive workshop, and I did one two years ago. Yeah. At the power station. Oh, wow. yeah. vocal contractor! Mm -hmm. I had no idea. So, does the vo I'm guessing the vocal contractor work directly with the music supervisor, or no? Yes, and he he's also in the studio, and he uh, is mixing too. So, yeah. Okay. So he has to be also uh, a producer and know how to mix a track. Yeah. yeah. And he worked for Glee and what else? For Glee and uh, he has a lot of credits. Uh, he worked, uh, yeah, he um, worked on uh, Lady Gaga's Billboard Award show. Yeah. And uh, for Ariana Grande. Okay. Yeah. Like her entire album or a particular song or um he worked uh, with uh, her backup singers oh okay yeah for this show for billboard show yeah and um then uh he um let's see <laughs> it's okay um hmm so so yeah he sounds like he's a pretty um successful individual yes so what is he doing now right now uh where well, he's based in uh in la oh, okay and uh yeah he oh he also ha uh, is working together with um with um what genre what genre no, uh, she's it? like a jazz swing singer she's based in new york and shosho nabin Okay. She's a great artist. No idea who that is. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to try to help he you, but I have no idea. And her vocals okay. on different records. Okay, nice, yeah. nice. So, you're a songwriter, you're a musician, mm -hmm. you're an actor. 
Singer. Singer. Okay, yeah. Dancer. So, <laughs> yeah. So which one do you gravitate towards the most or it just depends on the mood you're in? Okay, so um, I see myself as a singer-songwriter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, singer-songwriter. Uh-huh. Wait, why? Why singer-songwriter and not one of the other? Oh, well, for me it goes together. Gotcha. I mean, songwriter can be somebody who uh, is good in writing lyrics yeah i mean lyricist is that's another category so really lyricist it's just, a different category than songwriter um yeah it's just uh i mean songwriter that's uh like uh, the topic gotcha and then yeah. uh, instrumentalist uh and lyricist so or you are both and what's an instrumentalist? Instrumentalist, somebody who uh, writes the melody, who is good in, with melodies. Oh. And then uh, there's or another one who is not good with melodies, but better with lyrics. Gotcha. And then there's another category and a person who is good with, in with melody, writing a melody and lyrics. This is my case. Oh, yeah. okay. And I'm a singer, so yes. I'm a trained singer. Some songwriters, they are not trained. They're not trained in playing a, an instrument or singing. That's true. And then they just they just write uh, the song, and then they hire a musician and, uh, and singer to record the song. And what's a producer? Producer, um, in your engineering, opinion. and... Okay. Uh, also, producer is also a musician because uh, the produce it's up to the producer if the song is successful, and uh, producer also does uh, arrangements, composing. Okay. Yeah. Like Quincy Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Who else would you can um, categorize as a producer? Uh, Peter Bliss. Okay. I work with him. I go to his workshops. And he has a lot of connections in Nashville. So the way he works with a songwriter, the songwriter um, goes to his studio and uh, then um, the songwriter hires somebody uh, and then Peter listens to the track and then he knows exactly, okay, um, this singer in Nashville could be perfect for your track because of the mood of the song and uh, then they Skype all together and then uh, this singer in Nashville records her vocals and then the singer sends it to Peter and then he produces everything. So you say the songwriter hires someone, who? Someone like um, a musician or a singer or the songwriter sings the song. Like a reference track. Mm-hmm. Is that what that's called? Yes. Okay. So the songwriter puts together a reference track mm-hmm. and then meets with Peter. Yes. And then Peter speaks to, like, oh, okay, so I have the perfect artist in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then how does he arrange it all together? Like, he's, what role is that? Like an engineer? Yeah, engineer. He puts everything together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, to wrap up, you want to, like, tell the people about your current project? Uh, yes, so I'm producing two EPs with two different music producers. Yeah. So one EP is uh, house music, club music. The other one is alternative Latin pop. Yeah. I'm really excited to release it. 
which I know really you told me about soon. clap music. Yeah, soon. Yeah, soon. <laughs> <laughs> I know you told me about clap music, but for those who don't know, we want to explain what clap music is. Clap music, uh, like uh, Lisa Lisa, uh, Madonna, like if you listen to, you know, heard about the Fun House, the famous Fun House in New York, all those artists who yeah. have performed there. Yeah. Who are some of your influence? All right, when you're going into like making this EP, like, mm -hmm. what's your creative mood, or how do you get creative? Mm, uh, like, what motivates you? Uh, always music, listening to other musicians, okay. and then uh, what I do when I write lyrics. Yeah. Um, I uh, list. I pick a song. W which would be would, would that would match to the track I'm working on and then uh, I'm reading the lyrics yeah and then I take parts of it and see okay th this could work or not or um, then I put it all together and then I uh, put my ideas into it and I mix it all together with the song of the artist and my uh, lyrics And then oh, wow. I rewrite it. It's always, uh, if you're um, a songwriter, you uh, have different versions. Mm -hmm. You're rewriting the song again and again. Yeah. When do you know a song is completed, though? When you know, when do you know that, okay, this song is, is done. I, I've written it and it's, it's perfect in my eyes. Um, what I do is, well, the workshop is really helpful. So before I go to, I have my demo. Yes. And before I, uh, and then I show it to other songwriters and they give me feedback uh, mm -hmm. regard, in regards of the track or uh, what they are missing, an additional instrument or bass or uh, another expression in my lyrics. Yeah. Or, yeah, and then I take these advices and go to the studio and record the song. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let the people know where to follow you on Instagram. Yeah, my Instagram is luanasandova.official. And where to stream your music. My music is everywhere on yeah, Spotify, iTunes, Tidal. CD Baby, Tidal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Thank you. See you next week. Bye-bye. This has been a Rob Radio Network production. Check out our website at rrn.robbent.com. Thank you for listening.